When Jim Harbaugh was hired as Michigan's head football coach after a disastrous 2014 season, the expectation was that he would bring Michigan back to the mountaintop, that this would be a slam dunk hire and Michigan would get back to beating Ohio State, dominating the Big Ten, and competing for national championships and winning a few of those. Well, after a long and convoluted road filled with multiple obstacles, Jim Harbaugh ended his tenure at Michigan on a high note, winning the Big Ten for three years in a row in 2021, 2022, and 2023, improving his win-loss record in each of those seasons, and in terms of power rankings, improving the teams as well, going from 12-2 and to 13-1 and to finally a 15-0 season where Michigan won the national championship. They beat four top 10 teams, and it was a phenomenal year. Michigan was one of the best teams so far of the 21st century. But like all programs who reach the pinnacle and who climb to the mountaintop and conquer Mount Everest, there are consequences to success. There are players who leave for the NFL. There is roster depletion. There are coaches, head coaches and position coaches, who leave for, in their own perspective, what are greater jobs, for what are better opportunities. Michigan has lost the majority of their 2023 coaching staff and roster, but as we're going to be discussing today, Michigan, as a program, is still elite, and as a team for 2024, I think the Wolverines are still title contenders regionally for the Big Ten and nationally for the national championship. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam, and I would really appreciate it if you would like this video, if you would subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when the best Big Ten football content on YouTube comes your way. If you're a Michigan fan, Ohio State fan, Penn State fan, Nebraska fan, Oregon, USC, Washington, UCLA, Iowa, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, Purdue, I'm throwing names out there, Minnesota, Illinois, probably didn't name all the Big Ten teams because there's 18 of them, and that's not the purpose of this video is to name all 18 Big Ten teams, but if you're a fan of Big Ten football and college football, you are welcome on this channel and you will enjoy it. Comment your thoughts on Michigan football for this season. What's your record prediction for them? How do you think they'll perform? And what's your outlook on this roster? Do you think Michigan has a good enough roster to compete at an elite level this season? Let me know that down below, and commenting helps my channel in this video get into the algorithm so we're more discoverable. And last, but most certainly not least, I want to thank the supporters of this channel over on the Patreon. Thanks to Crash2488 for being a Heisman member, to Spencer Bringhurst, Chris Lane, and SFS Inverted for being All-American members, and to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Austin Christmas Zubinza, and Janisha Cockrell for being All-Conference members. Those who are no longer supporting us for whatever reason, nonetheless your support is appreciated, will be removed at the end of every month, and those who are joining in support of this channel will be added at the beginning of every week. Just wanted to let you know, so if you don't see your name up on here, or if you canceled your subscription and your name is still up here, that's 
the guidelines that I'm following for keeping names up on this board. If you want to support the channel and gain some access to some bonus content, including a top 25, early top 25 list with a few explanations for each ranking, you can sign up as an All-American or Heisman member. You'll get featured at the beginning and end of every video and get some bonus content. If you want to support the channel but not be a Patreon member, you can check out my merchandise store via the link in the description or the pinned comment. You'll also find the Patreon link there. And there's some Michigan-themed college football with Sam t-shirts. So if you're a Michigan fan, want to support the University of Michigan and represent the channel, you can do that. But let's get back into talking about Michigan football. And what is always looked at is returning production, returning players, where are the strengths and where are the weaknesses of a team? Michigan is 128th in returning production. There are only six teams who have a lower returning production value than Michigan do, and those teams are Troy, who lost their head coach, Washington lost their head coach. I don't know if Georgia State lost their head coach, but they only returned 32% of their production. Buffalo lost their head coach. Ohio, I think, kept theirs. Same with Air Force, who's dead last at 134th. Michigan only returns 36%, just over one-third of their 2023 production. And most of that production is on defense, where they return 47% of their production. They only return 24% of their production on offense. Most of that is Colston Loveland, Donovan Edwards, some of the younger wide receivers, and some of the rotational offensive linemen, like, let's say, Giovanni Elhadi, who's been in the rotation for several years, along with Miles Hinton, who started a few games at tackle. Returning production differs from returning starters in that while returning starters specifically looks at returning names and key contributors, returning production looks at the total returning statistics. So the percentage of last year's statistics that are still on the team this season. Returning production does a better job at measuring total depth not just starter depth and starter performance. So in some cases, depth is irrelevant for programs who don't recruit or develop and or develop at a high level. There are programs like, let's say, 2021 Michigan State, where their returning production was sort of null and void entering 2022 because their starters were the only good players, specifically Kenneth Walker Jaden Reed returned, but he got banged up. There wasn't much depth in a team like 2021 Michigan State outside of their starting lineup. But for a team like Michigan, for example, Michigan is a deep program. Last year, Michigan, whether it's via power rankings, FPI, S&P+, my own potential power index, which ran for a little over two-thirds of the season, or whether it was the eye test, or metrics like points per play margin or just straight up scoring offense, scoring defense and strength of schedule, Michigan proved they were as deep as Georgia last year. They were deeper than Alabama. They were deeper than Ohio State or just as deep as Ohio State, which is crazy given that all three of the programs that I just named are far and away the most talented teams by recruiting rankings in the country. And all of them have a vast pool of resources in terms of salary, in terms of money, facilities, but Michigan's staff and the players that they recruited and developed were so elite that they competed 
despite in theory having a far less talented roster. And they were better than all three of those teams last year. They went 15-0. They finished first in power rankings, first in most statistics that mattered, and they were high in the others where they weren't number one nationally. Number one defense in the country, an offense that was top 15 in scoring, that I would say was top 10 in overall efficiency and performance. Michigan does not return much from the offense, but they do bring back some key rotational players like Tyler Morris, Frederick Moore, Samaj Morgan. On the offensive line, Miles Hinton and Giovanni Alhadi return. Josh Preby transfers in at guard. Colston Loveland and Donovan Edwards are the main returning contributors from last year's team. But also pay attention to Kalel Mullings, who was in the rotation at running back, and Alex Orgy, who was used as a essentially a Wildcat quarterback last year and was very good at that. Also, Max Bredesen lines up at fullback. He's returning as well, so he's a veteran and a starter in some formations. Loveland and Edwards had 1,387 total yards and seven total touchdowns in 2023. Edwards did have a a disappointing year in terms of preseason expectations in 2023, but he did his part and had his best game of the season in the game that mattered the most, the national championship game, where he had over 100 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns against the Washington Huskies. Very impressive game for Donovan Edwards there. And that brought him to over four yards per carry because against Washington, he had 17.3 yards per carry. He had 104 rushing yards on six carries, long rush of 46. He had another long rushing touchdown as well. It was a big, it's a big game for him. Gives him some momentum, some confidence entering the 2024 season, and he had a big year in 2022 where he filled in for Corum at the end, had seven rushing touchdowns, was only nine rushing yards away from a 1,000 rushing yards. He's a player certainly with an elite ceiling. He's had over 200 receiving yards in his past two seasons. It's great to have him back. And Colston Loveland broke out in 2022, had an even better year in 2023, and played along with A.J. Barner at tight end. I'm excited to have him back as well. Had four receiving touchdowns last season. And Donovan Edwards had a total of five rushing touchdowns. So it actually should say nine total touchdowns, not seven on the screen. Josiah Stewart and Derek Moore at defensive end return. And Kenneth Gray and Mason Graham return at defensive tackle. All three of those players except for Graham were technically backups. But they were deep in the rotation And surprisingly, when you look at purely the stat sheet, if you didn't watch Michigan football at all, you would think just by the fact that um, Josiah Stewart and Derek Moore were second and third on the team, respectively, in sacks, you would think that they were starters, but they weren't. They were involved in the rotation deeply, and Stewart and Moore as backup I mean, I guess you could say they were co-starters along with Harrell and Braden McGregor because Michigan was so deep last year that they constantly rec- they constantly rotated players there. But McGregor and Harrell will de- were definitely the more experienced players, the more veteran, trusted players at those positions. Stewart had 38 total tackles, 5.5 sacks. Moore had 34 total tackles and 5 sacks. Moore also had a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a fumble returned for a touchdown, and both had two passes defended. 
Kenneth Grant had a fumble recovery. He even had an interception and four passes defended with three and a half sacks. And Mason Graham had a forced fumble, a pass defended, 35 total tackles. Michigan's defensive line is so good at getting pressure on the interior, the exterior, and moving opposing offensive lines. Something that's even more impressive is Michigan is not a defense that under Minter or McDonald was known to gather tackles for loss, but they would hold their own at the point of attack so well that opposing running backs would get to the line of scrimmage and then just fold over. These four players had 17 total sacks. I imagine they will have even more this coming season. Michigan's defensive line, just looking at their returning profile, is going to come closer to reloading rather than rebuilding next season. And finally, Will Johnson returns, and safeties Rod Moore and Makari Page also come back. They had nine total passes defended and six interceptions. Will Johnson was an All-American last year, first-team All-Big Ten. Rod Moore, I think, was third-team All-Big Ten, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was injured. Rod Moore's an NFL-caliber safety. He'll benefit from another year at Michigan. Makari Page will also benefit from another year. These are great players. Michigan does have some concerns at corner opposite of Will Johnson, and unfortunately, uh, Keon Sab entered the portal and went to Alabama, and he was going to be a contributing safety along with Moore and Page, but at Alabama, he was going to get a guaranteed starting spot because Caleb Downs transferred to Ohio State. Defensively, Michigan adds one transfer and former Maryland linebacker Jay Sean Barham. So those are key returning contributors and some incoming contributors from the transfer portal, though few and far between. Michigan's roster situation overall is going to be bolstered by the fact they're bringing in the 19th best 2024 recruiting class. This is the overall recruiting class. Michigan is around 15th in only high school recruiting rankings. They're actually 16th there, so yes, around 15th, but they have the 86th best transfer portal class, so that wears down or weighs down the overall recruiting class. I do expect Michigan to bring in a handful of transfers after spring ball. I could perhaps be wrong there, but I do think that Michigan needs some transfers at specific position groups, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. 18 of those 28 commits are four stars. I expect many freshmen will have playing time as well. Michigan lost six offensive linemen, and even though they have a actually fair amount of redshirt juniors and some seniors, even in the rotational area, it wouldn't surprise me if someone like Andrew Spragu, who's 6'7", 286 pounds, he'll definitely cross the 300-pound mark. Maybe he already has in winter workouts and in spring and summer and fall camp. Wouldn't surprise me if he maybe gets involved in the rotation. I know Michigan, they don't like to redshirt players who they think can immediately contribute. At corner, if Michigan is not able to snatch up a few players in the portal, because they are particularly thin there, wouldn't shock me if Josiah Edmond, who is the 108th best player in last year's recruiting class at corner, if he gets some rotational playing time. At Jaden Davis, I don't think that he will play in any other role except a backup role, but Jaden Denegal and Alex Orgy are not proven passers. Neither is Jack Tuttle in terms of being a good passer. So 
if if Davis is who some Michigan fans say he who he is, then maybe he will get a big share of playing time, but I doubt it. Jordan Marshall could be someone who's shown action in a few games. There are other offensive linemen and other defensive players who maybe could see some action as mostly backups or in garbage time. But I do expect a handful of freshmen to have playing time, and more particularly, a few of them to have starting roles. Michigan loves to play their freshmen who they think have talent and potential in a backup role, a rotational role, something that Jim Harbaugh was good at, and I expect Sharon Moore to continue that strategy. Michigan's offense, I think, will take several steps back. They lose J.J. McCarthy. They lose Blake Corum. They lose... Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinner, Drake Nugent, Carson Barnhart, Ladarius Henderson, and Trente Jones. They lose Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson. And they lose A.J. Barner, a tight end. And th- th- those are a lot of players. Ten starters, one backup. Who's leaving? I mean, that's hard to replace, especially given that Michigan has under Harbaugh been better defensively than offensively and some of that is play style but a lot of that's recruiting and development I mean you look at Michigan's current recruiting class and they've done they did extremely well this season recruiting on the offensive line which I think in the 2023 recruiting class they didn't do as good of a job at I mean getting Spragu was huge and they also got other four-star offensive lineman Blake Frazier and Luke Hamilton, another four-star. Jake Garnera, high-level three-star offensive lineman. And Ben Roebuck, who's 6'7", already over 300 pounds at offensive tackle, is a high-ceiling offensive tackle who just needs to be more consistent. They did very well in the offensive line, but you look as well, four-star edges, high-level four-star corner, and Jeremiah Beasley, four-star at linebacker, Jacob Oden, I think, can play both, yeah, mainly a safety, can also play at other positions too. And you look at last year's starters for Michigan, whether it's Chris Jenkins or high-level player Junior Colson, who was top 100 at a high school. He was actually recruited by Brian Jean Mary, who's returning to Michigan to be their linebackers coach. Will Johnson, right now, is the only five-star on the team. 24-7 sports team talent composite. If you look at solely 24-7 sports ranking, Donovan Edwards was also a five-star out of high school, but that's basically it. So Michigan has recruited better and traditionally also developed better on the defensive side of the ball. In the past, this 2024 recruiting class is relatively balanced, but I think that with a greater amount of production leaving, I do expect the offense to take several steps back. I think many of you will agree with that. It's reasonable. The running attack, I think, will be solid. And that's solid by Michigan standards, which means, at minimum, great nationally. Edwards returns, same with Mullings and Benjamin Hall. I expect him to have a greater contribution to this rotation now that he redshirted last season. That's still one of the better running back rooms in the country if they play to their ceiling. The offensive line, pre-be coming in is helpful. I would prefer to have another transfer or two there, mostly for proven um, talent and proven starts. 
but I do think that Michigan's depth overall at the offensive line is solid. Uh, Greg Crippen, Giovanni Elhadi, Miles Hinton, Preby, these are players who are redshirt juniors or higher. They have a lot of training and experience under their belt. Andrew Gentry was highly recruited out of high school, and there are, are players like Amir Herring, who's a redshirt freshman, Raheem Anderson, who's had experience being a third-string, second-string safety, and there could be, in the case of really, I think, Ben Roebuck and also Andrew Spragu at the offensive tackle position, those are 6'7", will be over 300 pounds after winter workouts. You could see some contribution there from very young players. On the defense, there's a different story. The defense could take steps back because they are losing a lot of production. But the defense, I think, could also reload and be almost as good as last year's defense without skipping a beat. That is that is expecting some things and filling in some holes with predictions that have not been filled yet, specifically at corner. But I think Michigan is set on the defensive line. I think Michigan's defensive line might be the best D-line in the country next season. That's after losing one rotational player in Cam Good, and depending on how you look at it, one full starter in Chris Jenkins and two co-starters in McGregor and Harrell, or three full starters. Mason Graham and Kenneth Grant, that's one of the best defensive tackle duos, if not the best, now that Sweat and Murphy are gone from Texas in the country. And Josiah Stewart and Derek Moore are one of the better edge duos in the Big Ten and also nationally as well. At linebacker, Ernest Hausman was in the rotation last season, and he's a beast. And Jay Sean Barham was effective at being a pass rusher and a tackler at Maryland. And Jimmy Rolder and Jaden Hood, I think, are going to contribute as backups there as well. At secondary, there are concerns at corner. Outside of Will Johnson, I do think that Jaden McBurrows will be good at nickelback, where he's projected to start, according to ourlads.com. Jair Hill is a redshirt freshman who's projected to start at corner. Miles Pollard and DJ Waller are projected to be the backup corners. I think that Michigan needs probably two transfers at corner to add depth and experience there. But Will Johnson's great. I think McBurrows is ready to have a potentially breakout caliber season. And Makari Page and Rod Moore are more than proven. Really defensively, you're looking at that one hole in the corner opposite of Will Johnson. And if you fill that one hole and maybe bring in another transfer as well at defensive back, you're looking at overall depth-wise a similar situation to what Michigan had last season. Now, in terms of ceiling, in terms of high performance, no, I don't think Michigan will field another generationally elite defense like they did last season. But I'm talking about in terms of having your depth together and having consistent play from your starters to your two-deep, Michigan would be in a similar position last year where in the preseason, the only concern with the defense is who's going to be the corner opposite of Will Johnson. And Josh Wallace filled in that role very well. So I imagine Michigan will get a good transfer corner out of the portal, much like they did Josh Wallace in the spring. And since the spring window is the only window open left, I imagine Michigan will do what they did last year with that situation. 
Areas with good depth are running back with Edwards, Mullings, and Hall, tight end with Colston Loveland, and with Marlon Klein, redshirt sophomore, backing him up. Michigan's also getting great tight ends in Brady Priestcorn, brother of Caden Priestcorn, who's a tight end at Ole Miss last year, and Hogan Hansen at offensive line. We've already talked about that even though Michigan loses many of their starters, I do think these players under the training of Coach Sharon Moore and now of Grant Newsom, who's the new offensive line coach, and several seasons of strength and conditioning, I think that they will be good. Defensive line with Derek Moore, Josiah Stewart, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant. Also, don't forget about Rayshon Benny and TJ Guy, players who were third stringers last year, but who will be involved in the two deep this season. And linebacker with Ernest Hausman and Jayshon Barham. These will be great players. And I think that Jimmy Rolder and Jaden Hood, with some of their experience and training over now three or four years, they'll be set to contribute to. Michigan will be elite in the trenches, I think, yet again on an overall basis. Areas with bad depth, or some would say just average depth nationally, but for Michigan, these are areas with concerns. I think quarterback, you have a high-ceiling player in Alex Orgy, and you have a more, I would say, regression to the mean type player in Jaden Denegal. Denegal being a better passer than Orgy, but not having the same athleticism. And I think Orgy overall has a higher ceiling. And you have Jack Tuttle, who's a proven veteran and leader. None of those are proven quarterbacks. None of them, particularly in the passing game. Now, if Orgy or Gen- Denegal can be developed properly, I will have faith in the passing offense. And I'm I'm pausing to say that because it is a question of how good can they be, I guess. It's a weird way of putting it, but they weren't highly recruited out of high school. And there's a reason why Tuttle was originally ahead of both of them in terms of backing up to J.J. McCarthy. Later in the year, that became Alex Orgy. He's projected to be the starter. I'm in favor of him being the starter if Michigan doesn't go to the portal. And if he can be developed into a better passer, he will be a lot like Jalen Milrow. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's comparison between the two wasn't disrespectful. He wasn't saying that they were literally the same player. Jalen Milrow was a much better quarterback than Orgy was last year, but they're similar overall. They're Amazing athletes. I think that they're good guys as well, good leaders. I think that they work hard, try their best. But in terms of their passing capability, they are physic they are limited. They're not physically limited. That was almost an incorrect gaffe by me, but they are limited in terms of their current ability. But their ceiling is very high. I do think Milrow, by the way, is an just off-topic thing will take a huge step forward this season at Bama. Maybe maybe Orgy will do the same, but I do think that it would be the safe route to go to bring someone in via the transfer portal. Wide receiver, Michigan will start Frederick Moore, Tyler Morris, and Samaj Morgan most likely. Carmelo English and Peyton O'Leary should contribute, but having a veteran there would not hurt, especially given the concerns at quarterback. And finally, there's corner. Michigan needs to get at least one, but I'd say preferably two 
cornerbacks out of the transfer portal. Get a, a deep corner room to pair with a deep safety room in Michigan yet again. Could have an awesome secondary under now the tutelage of Lamar Morgan, who's Michigan's new defensive backs coach. The Wolverines must bring in several transfers, and I would say do what Ohio State's doing. You're probably not going to get the same highly rated players, but get in five, six, seven, eight transfers, and that will help depth, and that could boost the team's ceiling and potential to compete for a Big Ten National Championship by a long shot. I think Michigan can still compete for the Big Ten title and national title this season. Let me know if you agree with that or disagree down in the comments below. Thanks to Crash2488 for being a Heisman member and sponsoring this video. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Chris Lane, and SFS Inverted for being All-American members and sponsoring this video. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Calendar, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Austin Christmas, Zubinza, and Janisha Cockrell for being All-Conference members and sponsoring this video through the month of now March. So actually, I have to update this list. But thank you all for watching. I'll see you around. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow my YouTube channel via the, uh, I think it's the page or channel or podcast description. And if you're on YouTube, check out my Spotify in the link in the description. And thank you all for watching. Have a great day.